The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarty. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. It's GAA all the way on this week's show as we gear up for the start of the National Football League. And with that, the real beginnings of the Keith Rickon era. With Cork set to travel to Dr Hyde Park this weekend to take on Ross Common in the opening round of Division 2, we'll be joined by our dynamic analysis duo, Michal, Holly O'Sullivan and Dearma Duggan. We'll also get the lads' thoughts on the departures from Keith Ricken's squad of West Cork Quartet, Rory Dean, Michael Hurley, Sean White and Mark White. Later in the show, we'll chat to the Castlehaven footballer, David Welton, who has been making a bit of a name for himself off the pitch. David, a teacher in Skibbereen Community School, took the reins of the school's current worry side this season and they've managed to reach the semi-final of that famous competition, exceeding all expectations. But Kieran, let's not bury the lead for too long because big-time GAA is back and it's the start of a new era for the Cork footballers who take on Roscommon this weekend in Dr Hyde Park. We'll be joined by our expert panel in a few minutes. But firstly, I wanted to get your own thoughts on the news you broke on Monday. And that was that the West Cork Quartet of Rory Dean, Michael Hurley, Sean White and Mark White will play no part for Cork this season. So what are your own thoughts on that news? Uh, four West Cork men, four big losses in terms of, terms of experience and ability. There had been was murmurings and noise over the last couple of weeks that some of the lads wouldn't be back in. So um, just a story I looked into over the weekend after the McGrath Cup final and, and got it confirmed that, that, like you said there, Sean White, Mark White, Rory Dean and Michael Hurley for various and different reasons will not be in with the Cork footballers this year. And it is a loss because look at Dean there for a second. You're losing one of the most experienced players in the panel. And in fairness to, to Rory, he's one of the leaders in this Cork team over the last four or five years during a, a very turbulent time for Cork football when they've been up and they've been down, but he was one of the, I suppose, one of the, the constants through it all. Um, Sean White is another big, big loss, I think, personally, because he was in flying form for Clannock Kilty in their run to the, the County Premier Senior Football Championship final last year. He was superb in the semi-final and the final, and he was he was, he was was back at wing-back, and that is Sean White's best position. I suppose over the last couple of years with Cork, he's been shoehorned to different areas, and we never really got to see the best of him. We never got to see a consistent one of games. But if you could take the Sean point that you saw with Clannock Kilty last year and put him in a Cork jersey, you've one hell of a player on your on your hands there. 
Mark White in. He's the, the young goalkeeper. Um, when you say young, but um, he's been around for a couple of years too. And Mark was kind of hit the headlines last year with his sweeper keeper role for Clan of Kilty and um, worked really, really well. And for many, they felt that he would be Cork's number one this year because he's, he, he's a big, strong lad. He's, I said, a sweeper keeper role. Add something else. He's a, he's a good shot stopper, a good set of hands. He's been in Cork for a couple of years as well. So he has that experience, but he's decided to not to. Not to throw his lot him at Cork this year. And then like there's Michael Hurley, who's going to focus on his um, club football at Castlehaven. And Michael was always a good option for Cork over the last number of years. OK, he never nailed down a start, starting Bert of his own, but he was a bit of experience and he's at pace that can worry any defence. And he's a fellow who bring on 15, 20 minutes to go, um, get you a couple of points, win a couple of frees. So Cork have lost a lot of good players there and a lot of experience. And if you add in that Kevin O'Driscoll retired late last year as well, that's five West Cork lads gone off the panel. So in, in terms of experience, it's leaving a bit of a, a hole there because Mark Collins, we don't know yet whether Mark will be back in with Cork. With, um, with a press briefing with Keith Ricken on Monday morning and he was telling us at the door, really that the door is open for Mark, that he's going to meet him again to see what Mark has decided to do. But he did say that, Keith did say that when he took the job first, he had heard it indicated that Mark was going to step back into county football. So they've had a couple of conversations since, and Keith is waiting to see what Mark decides to do. Obviously, he's hoping that Mark Collins will come back in again because he's another he's class operator and he has huge experience. And Mark has been in the Cork senior football panel since 2010, and he's he's seen a lot of ups and downs in that time, but he's um He's just such a classy operator and such a key link man as well. And we saw him at Castlehaven last year. He was starting to find some good form as well. So we have to see what happens there. But in terms of experience, down a good few bodies before the league starts, Jack. And before we talk to the lads, Kieran, you were in Killarney last weekend to watch Cork take on Kerry in the McGrath Cup final. And I know it was only a pre-season game, but that lack of experience really shone true because they were missing these players who have played at the highest level over the last number of years. And it, it, it told against a very experienced Kerry team, to be fair. But you'd have to think longer term. Obviously, Keith Ricken is beginning a rebuilding job, but it's, it's, it's hard to make sense of the fact that so many experienced players will not be a part of it. That's it. Like, and Keith has spoken about the rebuild and the big job he has at, on his hands now. And it is a long term project, he said. The immediate project is to try and win games, but the long-term project is to create, uh, I suppose, a better structure on Cork football. So there'll come a day in however long, the next couple of years, where Cork will go down to Clarny and they'll beat Kerry. Like that is the, I suppose that's the hope of every Cork fan. Um, but it, it is looking like a long road right now because, like we said, you've lost so many experienced players there, but you have to bring it in so many young fellas. But you need that experienced lads too to kind of... the. To show these young fellas the ropes, to show them what it is it means to be a Cork footballer, to help them to use their experience to, to help them bed in. Because if you're throwing a load of young fellas into inter-county football, um, it's really sink or swim. You know, and you're going to find out very, very fast whether these lads can do it. Okay, the likes of Brian Hurley, Emo Guerrero comes back in, Mark Collins if he decides to come in, even Sean Potter, fellas like that, they are quite experienced and they will be the big leaders in the dressing room. But when you're looking at the, the two teams the last day, um, and I know there's a huge chasm or gap between the development of both. Kerry are genuine All-Ireland contenders. Cork are starting quite a big rebuild. So it's, it's probably unfair to compare them. But when you did look at them, it was almost men against boys at, at stage because even in the conditioning of the Kerry lads, they're so much further along in their development than, than where Cork are right now. And 
Kirikin's job and his hope and his target is to, is to improve Cork. And like I said, that's the mindset. It's the culture. It's the football. It's their conditioning. Like it's a, it's a huge project he has on his hands. But there's there's no kidding ourselves, Jack. It's 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 quite a big job. And what we saw the last day, um, Cork are a long way off competing with the, with the big teams for the big prizes. But all they can do is take it step by step. And that's why Division Two is going to be. Um, it's this campaign will tell us a lot, far, far more than the in the McGrath Cup where Cork are and to be honest it's it's a tough division too I'm going to quickly run through the fixtures there before we, we hear from Hawley and Dermot Duggan but Cork start off away to Roscommon this Sunday then they're home to Clare on February 5th then it's a tricky and a long trip away to Derry on February 20th then Cork are home to Galway on the 26th then it's away to Mead on March 13th home to Down on the 20th and away to Offaly on March 27th. So you can see there, like, you've Roscommon, you've Derry, you've Galway, you've, you've Mead. There's four tough games straight away there. And when you're going into a league with very much a new-look team and a new-look squad, and you're down the Bears players for the first couple of games, and you have those the injuries that likes Killino O'Hanlon, uh, Limo Donovan. We haven't seen John O'Rourke is injured. He's not back yet. And Maurice Shanley's not in there. Um you're saying like Cork need to get off to a good start here because all of a sudden, a couple of bad results early on and hopefully not touch wood, the pressure starts to build and it's a young squad. So we'll have a far better idea after the first couple of league games, but there's no getting away that there's a, Keith Rickon has, has a big job on his hands, but he hasn't shied away from saying that either. Yeah, um, and last point in here, just before we throw to the two lads, this idea of Cork beginning a journey to another rebuild is something we spoke about last year because throughout Ronan McCarthy's reign there was always talk of this is a rebuilding job so now we're starting afresh with a new rebuilding job how long can Cork football go on in a constant state of rebuilding because we could be speaking here in three years if things don't go to plan with Keith Rick and hopefully they do, of course. But if they don't go to plan and we're starting another rebuilding job, blooding new youngsters again, it's just it, there is a danger we could enter a, a, an endless period of rebuilding that could last almost a decade if things don't go to plan with this current management structure. I know exactly what you mean. Like it's like Cork football seems to be in a constant state of transition over the last number of years. And, uh, and I will hear from Holly soon. And I ask Holly O'Sullivan this, is this the, this the big reset? Is this the moment where Cork football can really get its house in order and build a very solid foundation for 40 years ahead? And you'd have to hope so. Like the thing is, we don't know the answer. Like this will go one way or the other way. Like you'd have to hope things will go well. I suppose Keith knows the, the Cork under 20 as well. And he knows the, the talent coming up. He managed Cork to the under 20 All-Ireland back in 2019. And there is some really good players in Cork, like even the likes of Sean Meehan is a is a top class player. And I, I like to I like to look at Colm O'Callaghan, Mark Cronin, fellas like this. Um, like Cork used I think forty one players in the McGrath Cup, so Rick and Campy accused of not spreading the search wide. Like and he's given a lot of young fellas their their chance to put up their hand and say, um, give me a go in the league. But I think it's really this league campaign that we'll start to learn a lot more about where Cork football is because. Realistically, when you look at the championship, it's it's Kerry Cork in the Munster semi-final in, in the summer. And at the moment, there's only going to be one winner there. That will send Cork then into the qualifiers. Um, and that's probably no harm either for Cork because it'll put him into the qualifiers early. And I'll be lambasted over writing Cork off at this stage of the, of, of the year in terms of the All-Ireland. But you have to be realistic. 
um, of where Cork stand right now. So these young fellas, they need games. They need inter-county experience. Um, they need to get a couple of wins under their belt. They need to get their belief and confidence going in, in, in the right direction because it's been a, a tough couple of years for, um, for Cork football. There's been a few high moments in there, but there's been more lows than highs. And it's interesting what Keith Rickon said after the game in Clarny on Saturday, that when things went bad at the end of the, 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 the first half, at one stage it was one five to five points after 19 minutes. So Cork were kind of holding their own, but you could see that Kerry were just kind of starting to find their gallop. Kevin O'Donovan got a black card, Cork were down to 10 men and the floodgates opened a small bit. And Rickon referenced this afterwards. He said um, moments like that were met by silence on the pitch by his players. And he noticed that. And that's almost, uh, it's the remnants of what's happened over the years. When, when, when things go bad, the, the head start to drop because they've been there so many times when, uh, when, when things just, when Cork players, when things just don't go their way in a game. So he said he got a minute at halftime, they had a couple of words with him, kind of, um, and he was happy with how they responded in the second half. And Cork actually finished the game strong. They got the last three points of the game, Brian Hurley, Mark Cronin, and Daniel Deneen. So there was that. There was, you could, you could start to see um, the start of something in Clarny on Saturday, but you had to look really hard. You really had to look really hard. To be quite yeah, you're really, you. you're really digging there uh, to find yeah. some source of optimism. But Kieran, let's go and speak to two men who really know what they're talking about when it comes to Cork football, and that's Michal Holly O'Sullivan and Dermot Duggan. We're joined now on the podcast by Holly O'Sullivan and Dermot Duggan to have a look ahead at Cork's National Football League campaign, which throws in a way to Roscommon this Sunday. But before we chat about the league and the, and the campaign coming up and, and Cork's hopes and, and targets, Holly, I'm going to start first. Um, Cork lost to Kerry in the McGrath Cup final in Clarny last Saturday. It wasn't an unexpected loss. Kerry ran out by, by 12 points. What was the big takeaway that you took away from that game in Clarny? Well, I, I suppose the, the, it was hard to take positives from it. Um, like with, with 15 minutes gone in the second half, your fullbacks, interact, two midfielders and centre forward were gone. Um, Hurley, Brian Hurley was the only one um, that remained from the central spine. Um, he was playing along four of our latter stages up front. Um, he's still Coxmore's dangerous forward, but it's very, very easy to mark one, if you know what I mean. Very easy to mark one dangerous forward. Um, I suppose, you know, you could... Kevin O'Donnell's black card had a big influence on the game because Cork were kind of hanging in there before that, even though there was goal goal chances being conceded on both sides. Um, Kerry got 1-2 before halftime. That finished the game 10 points up. But if you kind of looked at the scoring in the second half, Cork only lost the second half 8-6. So even though there was a big turnover of players from the bench on both sides, they stuck in there without being able to score, without being able to kind of get the scoreboard ticking regularly. And like the big, the big thing as well, and... I said it on this week's article is, you know, the number of turnovers from Cork compared to Kerry that shows how much further Kerry are down the line. They, you know, Kerry were keeping their their um, turnovers into around the the, the mid teens, but Cork were well up in the thirties by the time the the seventy minutes was up. So look, a very inexperienced team going down there. A lot of fellas who hadn't played much football at that level. It would have been nicer to see a mixture of a few more experienced fellas thrown in with those guys, so that they they'd have a better chance of impressing. But you know, it was a, a difficult start for a lot of new guys who we'd be hoping might might show more as the year would go on. Dear, but just to pick up on Hardy said there that Kerry are they're obviously a lot further along their development than this Cork team are because this Kerry team are genuine All Ireland contenders, and you could see that by the, by the strength of the team, the name for McGrath Cup final, like it was 
bordering on the absurd, really. Kind of when you could bring David Clifford on at a stage when Kerry were twelve points up in 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 the second half. But it's also showed, you know, the huge chasm, the huge gap that is there between Cork and Kerry right now. Kind of they're obviously one's Division One, Kerry, Cork, and Division Two. But there's a huge gap between the teams, and is the danger that this gap could grow bigger? Yeah, it is. Um, when you look back on the championship result of last year, I think it was something like 22 points. So hopefully it won't get any bigger than that because that's as sizable as you could get in the championship games. But um, yeah, like there's no doubt about it. They're in t- two completely different places, Cork and Kerry at the moment. And I think um, Keith Ricken, I think, um, addressed that in one of his press conferences there recently as well, you know. Just saying that that they they're coming from different um, starting playing le- uh, playing fields or playing levels at the moment, you know. And um, Kerry, I mean, they have years of, of conditioning. This Kerry team, I suppose, a lot of them have been playing together for the last number of years, and they have years of conditioning. They have years of experience, experience in Croke Park, all are in semi final and final experience. Um, whereas this Cork team, as Holly mentioned there, there was an awful lot of newcomers on it the last day. So, I mean, it it wasn't any huge surprise at the same time that they lost by whatever it was 11 or 12 points you know um, and in some ways they did well to hang in there given the the amount of newcomers on the team but there's no doubt like you know and I think it's not a surprise um, Keith Ricken has a huge you know task in his hands here to try and turn this around because it's a long-term mm-hmm. job he mentioned that himself as well it's a long-term job not a quick fix job at all. Holly, uh... Like Dermot said, there was a lot of newcomers on this Cork team. And over the three games of the McCrack Cup, I think Cork used 41 players. Obviously, new boss Keith Rick and he spread into spread his search wide right across the county to, to look for new players. But I want to ask you about some players that we know will not be involved this year. On the Southern Star on, on Monday, we revealed that Rory Dean, Bantry Blues, Clannacilty Brothers, Sean White and Mark White, as well as Castle Evans, Michael Hurley, will not be involved with Cork footballers this season. How much of a blow is it first losing so many lads that could be involved in the first team, but also losing so many lads with, with experience that could help so many of these younger guys? Yeah, and I suppose, did, did, did you mention Mark Collins there as well? He's not committed at the moment either. Mm-hmm. You know, so look, you're, you're taking out a lot of fellas who played a lot of championship football over the last uh, number of years there. And, you know, you might say Cork haven't done well in the championship and it's time for new guys to come in. But still, these guys had an awful lot of experience and you know, w- w- might m- might have been getting themselves to the level. And, and you know, considering the, the, the championship farm that the Whites there in particular showed, um, you know, Michael Hurley had a good championship also. Grand, as you said earlier, he might be an impact player, but he's still a very dangerous impact player. And he's a player that the likes of Kerry are afraid of when he does get ball in hand. Um, the likes of Sean White, after, after having such a great season, you know, it's I find it kind of hard to understand why he wouldn't give it a shot. You know, it might be something that he'd go on to regret definitely in years to come, especially when he was in such great farm and such great shape and then found himself, you know, playing in the position that he's best playing in again, which was wing-back. Um, he was a shoe-in for me, come ch- or, you know, for, for, for the league campaign anyway, for Cork, if he, wa- if he was available and his brother wasn't far behind him. Um, you know, Rory Dean, I don't know what the exact story was there behind him not taking part, but again, he's up to the 30 mark, I suppose. He hasn't let Cork down to the, for the most part in the past. But, you know, losing lo- 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 a lot of those guys, it kind of makes the start up and the kind of progression. Is it going to happen slower as a result? Will it take longer for the, the these guys to develop as a result of losing players who have played a lot of championship football over the last years? But look, 
it's it's new to us all and I think we're, we're all going to have to be very patient with this whole scenario and we'll, we'll know a lot more after the first two league games Dermot we had a press briefing with Keith Ricken on Monday when he was asked about Mark Collins and he said the door is open for Mark Collins they're going to have a chat at the end of the month to see what Mark's thoughts are but he did say that when he took the job first that he had heard that Mark had indicated that he wasn't going to commit to, to, the, to, the, to the Cork scene for 2022 but they've had a couple of conversations since so he's waiting to see what Mark Collins will decide to do. Is the hope that Mark Collins will commit for, for the year ahead, given given his experience, given that he started to find a bit of form at Castlehaven in the, as a championship went on last year too, and given, like we said earlier, that so many experienced fellas have already left the panel. So having someone like Mark there, I think he's 31 now, he's been on the panel since 2010. Like He'd be a great role model for the younger fellas to, to kind of look up to and, and follow, follow in his footsteps. Yeah, 100% Kieran, I think, because... Mark is a player who he, he's still got that link between the 2010 team and the current team. So, you know, he's got that winning mentality and he knows what it takes to win all Ireland's. So I think it's critical, you know, if Keith can get him on board, I think it's a massive, massive plus. Um, but I suppose even besides Mark, you know, I think there, there's probably two key issues here. You know, there's a short-term plan and short-term goals for Keith and there's also the long-term goals. And I think in term, terms of long-term goals, uh, Keith will probably have to identify a number of players, uh, key leaders or key characters or personalities, you know, uh, solid characters that can drive this whole thing for him. Because any good team or any good panel, it's always player-led and player-driven. And I think if if we go back to the 2010 team and the years preceding that, I mean, of course, we had, we had Billy Morgan, there was Conor Coonan, but this was always driven by players like Graham Canty, uh, Anthony Lynch, Noel O'Leary, Conor McCarthy, all these players who set ridiculously high standards in terms of professionalism and all that. And I think people probably have to try and identify some of these characters for Cork. Um, it could be Powder, it could be Maguire. They'll have to be kind of these solid characters that he can build a culture around and using even the likes of Mark Collins and bring in these new younger players around it. And that's probably the longer term, you know, or at least the medium term plan anyway, in terms of two, three, four years time that, you know, we need to develop that culture to get to the level of Curry and their conditioning and their fitness. And, and um, that's probably what we need to do there. But I think in terms of short-term planning, you know, he's obviously got a different, um, he's got a different challenge there, you know, and I suppose he has to marry the two because he has to get games pretty quickly. And I suppose a, a short-term goal for them is to probably reach the final of uh, the Division Two um, league this year. Which is which is quite attainable. Obviously, it's a challenge because there's some good teams there. You've who we got? We've got Ross Common, Galway, Derry, Down, all formidable enough teams, you know. So I think that is a, a big challenge in itself, and that's probably the short-term goal is to reach maybe a Division Two final. Holly, do you think Keith, like he's he said a couple of times, December eighth was when he started with this Cork team, and he's had what now six, seven, eight weeks. That he obviously realizes the size of the job ahead. Um, and it's quite a big job to get Cork from where they are now to where he wants them to be because he's spoken like there was a there about the culture of the team about having the right players the right characters there and he feels then once he gets the structure right that the football will flow he said because he feels Cork have the footballers but it's about everything else around it the mindset of, of players and, and, and so on but how big a job is this to resurrect the Rebels? But I suppose when you, when, when you take over any team as a manager the first, the first thing you have to do is get everyone fit and strong, and Cork have have a bit to go that way. But 
if, if, if they put huge emphasis on that and, and, and improve their fitness levels even by 10-15% from last year you know it leads to a higher work rate it leads to game plans being put into action easier you know it leads to more appetite from players their lasting games better like even in the second half you know, against um, I know there was a lot of subs in the second half against Kerry we still looked like you know we, we, we were running well anyway if, 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 if nothing else um, with regard to the league, like Dermot said, you know, I, I think, and I could stand corrected on this maybe, but I think we have four home and three away out of seven games, which isn't the worst mix. You know, you could have four away and three home. Uh, the three away are as common, Derry Offaly. You know, it, I, I have the fixtures here, Holly. It, it's four away. It's it's a way to Roscommon. It's a way to Derry. It's a way to Mead, and it's a way to Offaly. So there's four away and three home. Neither the one I was missing. So, so clear, clear, it's four away, three home, which makes it more difficult to get, you know. Um, like there are teams there that are possibly Division 1 teams you know like Galway Mead Down Derry they're all going to be huge and Clare in themselves sure that we're, we're every bit as good as Cork last year so you know it's, it is it is a big challenge and like I know the, the, the McGrath Cup was used as a kind of a, a trial game scenario where you had so many players being um, being used but it was also probably a, a, a chance to try and you know nail down some kind of a 10 out of the 15 or 8 out of the 15 that might be starting next weekend against Roscommon because I've no idea what the what the Cork team is going to be next weekend against um against Roscommon. And you know, like you said earlier, we probably all have a step off picking the Kerry team, and we're not even from Kerry. But you know, I I I think that team and 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 what team he picks is going to and how that performance goes up there is going to set 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 the tone to to a certain degree for the rest of the league. And I know you have the Bears guys to come back in and there are injured, injured guys to come back in, which will add an awful lot to the to the panel and to the team. So, look, you know, it'll be great to get a good start against Roscommon away in Hyde Park, but it's going to be no easy task. Looking at the league, so dear, but looking at the fixtures, like we said, it's Roscommon away this Sunday and then it's home to Clare the, the, the Saturday after and Cork and Clare have been very close the last couple of years. Then it's a tough away trip up to Derry after that. And then it's a home game against Galway. Then you're away to Mead, you're home to Down, and you're um, away to Offaly. So there is, you could say that the start of the league is tougher than, than the finish when you've Roscommon, Clare, Derry and Galway in your in your first four games. So how important is it for, for Keith Ricken and this team, given that what he wants to achieve, that he won't want them scrapping for survival in Division 2 um, very early on. So to get a, a win or two un, under their belt and just to build confidence and self-belief in this group. I think it's huge, Kieran. Um, you know, when you look at the championship, they, they have Kerry in the semi-final. So like, you know, going in past form, you'd expect Kerry to win that. So if they're not winning a Munster championship, then they have to put a huge focus on the league because we can be forever, you know, saying that this Cork team are building and we've actually been saying that for years now, but there comes a point where they actually have to you know, act on, on this promise or on this underage talent. And I think a stepping stone for them to begin with is certainly the league and they have to target the league here. So, uh, you know, the, the McGrath Cup probably was um, an experimental um, opportunity for Keith, you know, to try out new players and things like that. But I think he has to hit the ground running now from uh, Sunday on against Roscommon and put out a, quite a strong team because you mentioned confidence there. This team is clearly lacking confidence because results haven't backed uh, any sort of confidence up, you know, so they have to start off with it, with it if, if possible in their first two games, they need to get a win out of those first two, so it's Ross Commons' first game, is it clear, you said, is the second? Yeah, I mean, if they lose two of those, they're under serious pressure then, so they certainly would want to be getting one win out of those two, and um, 
I would imagine that uh, Cork will go as strong and their team are as strong as possible anyway and not leave too much room for experimentation here. I'm looking at some of the players that uh, that Keith used in the McGrath Cup. And I think I said earlier, it was 41 players. So obviously, the search has been has been wide. Has, has anyone kind of stood out to you, Hardy, that that's kind of caught the eye? Like, straight away, I'm thinking Rory McGuire, Castlehaven. He wasn't someone we'd have spoken about last year in the podcast about being with the Cork seniors this year. But he, he's come in and he's done well. He got a two points against Kerry last weekend. Um, I suppose from a West Cork point of view, Joe Grimes from Clannacilty, the Listowel men, has started all three games in midfield alongside uh, Keane Kiley and Jack Callan got a look in Fionn Hurley, David Buckley hasn't really done too much wrong when he's been been involved. Uh, John Cooper Arrow is another lad who's who's got a chance. Is there any fella that you would think, okay, he, he, he's worked uh, a run of games in the league? I suppose just look at the McGrath Cup final and I saw the other two games as well. You know, it, it, it was very difficult for a lot of players down Karen because as, as Dougie mentioned there, you know, leaders are key and there didn't seem to be that leadership quality in a lot of places there. And a lot of those players are probably better than what they showed in Killarney, particularly like John Cooper there. You know, it's, he, had a, he had a baptism of fire there last week at, at centre-back. But like you said, you know, Rory were certainly impressed in Killarney. He's a big, strong, leaguey guy. He got two points from play. He was always involved. You know, he, he, he was definitely a positive um, Buckley came on and did very well won a lot of ball he's a very physical player different kind of a forward um, you know Fionn Hurley got a bit of game time other than that last weekend there wasn't many the, the, the new guys stood out who were still looking at Potter and Matty Taylor being two of the stronger backs um, Brian Hurley was the only forward that really showed the scoring class and and, and showed that he could put fear into the carry defence so again it's who, who the other five forwards are going to be with Hurley, I do not know. You know, who, who, who the midfield partnership is going to be, I do not know. Who, who three and six are going to be, I'd be hoping Sean Meehan and Daniel O'Mahony are injury-free. If they are, I'd be wondering why they weren't playing last weekend. But, you know, you will, as, as Dougie said, I, I would envisage a lot of changes and hopefully some of the, 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 the younger guys that made an impression in last year's championship, like Meehan and Daniel O'Mahony and Carl O'Mahony and these guys, that we'd be seeing all of those uh, next weekend. A couple of phrases that uh, uh, Dermot that, uh, that keep making news in the last couple of days have stuck in my mind. One was when he was talking to the media on, on the pitch in Fitzgerald Stadium after the McGrath Cup final last Saturday. He said that a day will come when a Cork team will, will come out here and hold their own against Kerry <laughs> and also talk to them. And one day he said, good timber takes time to grow. Um, and he said a couple of times, this is a long-term project. And we've all said that here on this podcast. There's no quick fix here with what Keith is trying to do. So, Patience is going to be so key here because this is a long road ahead of Cork and there's going to be bumps, highs and lows along the way. Um, when, it come, when it comes to patience, we all have to be patient here, don't we? Like We can't expect Cork to go out and, and win Division 2. I think when there's so many young fellas, we really need to be patient and almost give Key, re, the, I suppose, the room to breed and get his changes of what he wants to do in this Cork team. Let him get his ideas across and just see where it is in what, maybe two, three seasons' time? Yeah, I'd agree with most back here, but I, I suppose the the one thing on that is, I suppose we we've been trying to play catch up now for a number of years, you know, and and there's there's only a number of times that we can keep saying that we're building, you know. I've, I, I I can just remember the commentary over the last number of years. We just keep saying that we're we have to be patient, patient, patient. But there comes a time when you have to deliver as well, you know, and and I think that's why, obviously, a monster title or an all earned title is 
you know, it's it's not even something we can even think about right now, you know. So that's where I think that when you think of goals and you think of smart goals and attainable goals, I think a, a Division Two final appearance, probably, which is the top two in Division Two, is probably a realistic goal, you know, and they have to be aiming for something, you know. They can't just plod along and say that we're only in the building phase. They have to have a goal uh, at the end of it. And I think that's probably, you know, when they set their goals as, as a collective unit, it's probably something that certainly is attainable. You know, obviously there's, as Holly mentioned, there's some very, very good teams there. A lot of teams that have been playing Division One over the last number of years. So it's going to be very difficult, but, um, you know, they shouldn't be happy just to stay in Division Two. You know, obviously it's, it's, it's the minimum, to be honest. They need to at least stay there, but they should be aiming for a Division Two final at, at the very, very least. But... It definitely will take time, you know, and, um, you know, nobody's expecting once the title he, this year or the next couple of years, you know, it's going to get time. Um, and there's no doubt, you know, uh, you mentioned there that, that Keith mentioned that there will be a time, you said, is it when um, when Kerry, when Cork will... If we said when Cork will come here, as in come to Fitzgerald Stadium and hold their own, as in when, when Cork will be on a level with Kerry, I think is what he was trying to say. Yeah, well, I think, we, you know, I think we, we'd all deserve that, if not more, and we'd expect more than that, you know, because, like, I suppose, um, you know, when we, we grew up, you know, in, in the maybe the 90s when, when Cork were dominant over Kerry, you know, for, for long parts of the noughties towards the end, you know, Cork were probably better than Kerry as well, even if they weren't always beating him, you know. So I think, um, you know, certainly there, we all hope there will come a time pretty soon, you know, that we'll be able to compete with Kerry. And there's no doubt we're not there at the moment, and it will take time. It'll take years. Um, we talked, we spoke about the conditioning of Kerry, you know, and how far ahead of Cork they're uh, right now, and um, it's hard to deny that, you know. There's, there's no doubt about that. Does this feel hardly like it's it's a almost a line in the sand moment for Cork football? Like there's a there's a big rebuild about to start here. It's like Keith's pressing the reset button because he's not about the football side of things, but also culture, mindset, psychological. It's kind of it's almost to keep making approach where he's just trying to. I suppose reshape, redesign, restructure the whole Cork football setup, but he he hopes as well. I think that he can feed into the more competitive county championship structure that we've seen in the last two years, where this, the, the Premier Senior Games and Senior A football have been more competitive. So you'd hope that the players are improving off that. But do you feel like there is this is a kind of important moment for Cork football, where Jesus lets we need to get this one right. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, and yeah, probably re re realistically, and 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 look, it remains to be seen. Like we said, what happens next weekend, but we'll know more then. But staying in Division Two, I think, is a, a realistic goal. I think for for Cork this year, you know, it's it, it's very important to stay there. Um, you know, on, on top of that, then like Dougie said, if you could get to a final, it'll be absolutely great. But you know, like I suppose it it, it is a building process. You know, we 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 need to get our you know, when you when you when you're starting off, like Keith is getting like getting your defensive set up and getting your defensive structures correct is 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 a good starting point. You know, again, it'll be the challenge this year who's going to partner where around the middle when 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 the time comes. And look on paper, as we've seen, there are other very dangerous scoring forwards around that should be able to take the pressure off Brian Hurley. So. If we could, you know, and you'd be hoping that the bars will go on and, and reach an All-Ireland club final if they, if they if they possibly can, because that'd be a huge boost for Cork as well. But there are a lot of those those bars guys you saw when they were playing stacks, the likes of Billy Hennessy and Alan O'Connor and these guys, very aggressive, powerful backs. You know, Brian Hayes looked like a real, real top-class player, especially when McCricker and, and, and Sherlock were being held. So, look, I think 
you know, it 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 might take like you'd be hoping that we will get hit the ground running and like Dougie said, get at least one win out of the first two. But you know, there are a huge amount of players to come in between now and and the 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 first round of the championship. You know, even the likes of Killian O'Hanlon there, I don't know, is he gonna be in, in the picture or will he be fit enough in time, you know, to to come back in there and 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 add that physicality and that size that we need um in the team because you could see in Killarnig and we were still physically, you know, far, far smaller than um than Kerry. And that 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 is a big thing to address early as well for Keith Rick in that the, the the size and physicality of our players again and I'm going back to the bars again. Like the bars set a template on how to beat any Kerry team. They absolutely hit them with every single thing that they had in the first quarter or twenty minutes and imposed themselves on them physically. But they have the physicality to do that. And I was a little bit disappointed last weekend that we didn't see more, you know, cockfellas hurling themselves into tackles and showing away more aggression and away more fire. It was still a kind of a pedestrian enough challenge game kind of a scenario. But, you know, for, for a new group like that, they should have been absolutely chomping at the bit to impress and try and get themselves into a position where they could be picked for the first round of the National League next weekend. And, you know, that was that kind of irked me a small bit that we didn't see a little bit more of that, especially with a new management team and a whole new group of players that are all have a chance of winning their place because it is in a whole new scenario. But like Parker are gonna to have to bring that kind of thing next weekend because they're gonna meet the, the exact same kind of physicality from Roscommon and Galway and Mead because these teams are physically further down the line than Carker as well. And like that 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 aggression and absolute massive hunger that every one of these league games is like a championship match. It's gonna to have to be like a championship match for Carker if we're going to get into the league. I'm not going to ask either of you to make any prediction for the League of Championship because, like we said here, we can't even predict the Cork team for next Sunday, not to mind what's going to happen in, in the weeks and months ahead. But the final question to, to you, Dermot, and we touched him a few times in the podcast, Brian Hurley, he's hit the ground running for, for Cork this year. He hit 1-6 away against Clare, hit 1-6 at home against Waterford. He got five points against Kerry the last year. Uh, I think three from play was it, and he was Cork's most dangerous forward. And in fairness, what that man's been through over the years to come back and play at this level... And to be Cox's top forward now, he deserves so much credit for that. Um, how important will Brian Hurley be for, for Cork this season? But for Cork under Keith Rickon too, given that he is one of the experienced fellas left in, in the squad now. Yeah, Brian, Brian will be hugely important. Um, you know, if, if, for, for a number of factors, I suppose, experience alone is one thing. You know, he's been he's been on this panel for quite a long time, you know, and he's he's... You know, he's he's a lot of Croke Park experience. He's a lot of um, experience county finals with Castle Abe, you know, so he will bring an awful lot to the table there. But aside from that, his ability, you know, um, his superb ability showed in the Cork Senior Championship over the last number of years. And, you know, he's starting to show it now at inter-county level again, getting back to his very best. And um, as you mentioned, like, that man deserves massive credit. The amount of work he's gone through to bring himself back to that level, you know, it would have been you know, it would have been very understandable had he not put all that work in to get, come back, you know, so deserves massive credit for it. And, you know, um, hopefully that he can bring a few more of the new guys in and around the man and, you know, bring that kind of a work ethic and that energy and that enthusiasm for the game with him as well, because Cork definitely will need it. 100% I think. Um, we, and we'll all, be, we'll all be hoping he stays fit with the way he's playing at the moment. Like I was saying, Hardy, oh, like the, the the mindset of that man to come back from where he was to be told mm. you mightn't play football ever again. To see him, like go back to the the, the Munster final last year, the, the first quarter where he'd he'd carry back carry backs in their arses half the time, and even seeing the last day again, he just sprightly like it's just 
it's great to see him back there, but he's going to be so, so important this year. Yeah, but like, sure, we, we, we've seen it at club level and he's disabled at the county level. If, if he gets high quality fast ball in space, one on one, good luck and thanks. You know, he's, he, he, he is that dangerous. And he, he, he's, he's the only fella, even look at the game the last day, he's the only fella that you'd pick out of the Cork team that would probably make the Kerry team. You know, we, 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 did, we didn't have anyone else really that was, that was up to that standard last day. So look, he, he is very important. And look, I hope he gets a, a, a great run in the league and a great run in the championship because he's missed so much. And he's probably championed the bit for football. I thought he'd be rested a bit more early, earlier in the year to make sure we'd have him later in the year, if you know what I mean. But, you know, he, he probably, he's probably mad to play because he's missed so much. Given the uncertainty and the unknown that we're about to go into in terms of Cork's National League, we don't know what's going to happen. It's actually nice to finish this chat on an optimistic note. Um, so uh, thanks, Holly. Thanks, Dermot, for, for joining us. And we'll check in again later in the league and we'll, uh, we'll have a better idea of where Cork are heading into the summer. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Castle Haven footballer David Welton has been making a bit of a name for himself off the pitch in recent times. David's a teacher in Skibbereen Community School and he took the reins of the school's Corny Worry side this season and they've already managed to reach the semi-final of that famous competition exceeding all expectations set by themselves at the start of the year and Kieran you spoke to David about his transition in to management at his young age and how it's going for him and how Skibreen have found themselves at this stage of the competition so how was David and what does he make of his new role on the opposite side of the white line? First off, I want to take full credit for David Welton's um, fantastic reign as a Skibbering Community School manager. Years and years ago, David came into us in the Southern Star on work experience um, to look at sports journal- journalism. And obviously, I didn't inspire him one bit because he went down a, a, far, a far different route. And he's now a teacher in Skib Community School, doing quite well there. And he's the manager of a senior football team now who's true to Cornerberry's semi-final. So if it wasn't for me... Um, and my role in all this, maybe Skibbering Community School wouldn't be in the last four of the ones colleges. So I'm just going to put my hand up and just try and take a bit of credit here. But no, in all seriousness, full uh, full credit to David Welton and, and his management team, what they've done this year. It's just great to see Skibbering Community School into the Kearney semi-final. Because if you think back, um, the school is only open, what, five or six years now. But before that, St. Fatman's de la Salle, they were the, the Skib standard bearers or the West Cox standard bearers when it came to the Kearney Won the competition three times. Uh, David went to Faulkner himself and he played in the Curnivary in, in Faulkner's colours. So he knows what this competition is about. He knows how important it is, how prestigious it is. And he's he's getting that message across to the to, um, to the to the Skib players. And it's just a good new story, a good local story that Skibbereen are, are in the last four, as well as Hamilton High School abandoned who are in the other semi-final. So you've two West Cork schools in the last four. Uh, when David took the reins of the school senior football team at the start of the year, he'll say himself it was very low expectations. They hadn't really made any mark or imprint in the in the Carnivore in, in recent times. But they've started bit by bit. They be clashed in the Skellige in their first game, and it's and it's and it's gone from there. They were I think clashed a column in their second game. They won and they beat Ratmore in their quarterfinal a couple of weeks ago. A super sub Jack O'Brien with the with a late important goal so all of a sudden they find themselves in a Kearney Verde's um, semi-final 
albeit against Chile CBS, the 2020 champions, um, and we're a very, very good team. The, the Green, as they're known, David Clannacilty Community College in their quarterfinal, beat them quite well. They have a couple of good players in there from, from Austin Stacks, um, who lost to the Bears in the, the recent Munster Club senior football final. So there's a, a tough test ahead for Skib, but they're here on merit. Um, they'll be underdogs, but that's not to say they can't cause a surprise because they have some really good players there. They have three Cork Miners from last year. They've um, they put up big scores this year. They've showed character in their last game. To, so they're kind of ticking all the boxes right now. Um, but before we hear from, from David, just want to give, a, I suppose, a quick mention to his management team because it includes James McCarthy, um, the Carberry um, GDA, who was also David's manager at Castlehaven. So the roles are quite reversed here. Um, as David is also a senior footballer, footballer at Castlehaven. Paddy Crowley from Skibbereen. Um, the 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 Carberry coaching officer is always there, and so too is Coleman O'Driscoll. He's a teacher up in the school, and Coleman just deserves a special mention because he has kept football going in Faulkner's and in the new school for years and years and years. He's always the the first to put his hand up to help out with football in Skibbereen Community School. Um, he's manager on his on his own for for countless years. He's done a tremendous job in keeping football alive in in Faulkner's and now Skibreen Community School and he's involved in this management team as well and when David Welton himself was in the Carnivory semi-final back in 2014 Coleman was his manager so it just shows that um that that, that connection that bond is still there and as you'll hear from David Welton now he's enjoying life outside the white line and he, he's also optimistic that they can cause a huge shock this Saturday. It's a huge weekend for Skibbereen Community School in the Kernivory, and we're delighted to be joined on the podcast by their, by their manager, David Felton, and well-known for his exploits on the field with Cassidhaven. But now you've also ventured into the, the world of management, David. How, how are you finding that so far? Oh, very good, yeah. Outside the white lines now, anyway. Um, enjoying it, though, to be fair. Um, we're after a good run of it now, uh, the last few weeks, and we're looking forward to this weekend for sure. Before we look at your, your run to the semi-final, just talk to me about stepping outside the white line with, with, with the school. How did all that come about? Um, I suppose just at the start of the year, um, they were just looking for a trainer for the senior team. Um, expectations weren't that high at the start of the year. Uh, I think the school hasn't really been performing um, at the level of the last couple of years, so expectations were quite low. So there was no pressure on me, so I said I'd take it up and give it a shot. You've surrounded yourself with a, with a fairly handy management team. I saw a photo after your semi-final win and you, James McCarthy, Paddy Crowley and Colbert O'Driscoll who's obviously been involved with the, with, with, with the school for many years and, and the football side of things. Um, what, what, about this, what about the management have you enjoyed? Like, um, are you getting to see a different perspective of the game? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And as you said, there are the lads there, a big help, obviously. They have a broad knowledge of the game as well and coming together, just hopping ideas off each other is very beneficial as well there. And I suppose it's different, I suppose, to playing. You know, you have to be much more clued into tactics and you have to be clued into what your goalkeeper is doing, your backs, forwards, midfielders. You're kind of watching every position, whereas normally I'd be just in the back, so I just worry about that. But you have to look at it from everyone's point of view when you're out there on the sideline. Look at it from your own, from your own game for a second. Do you think it actually make you... Uh a better footballer yourself, the fact that you're getting this overarching view of, of a football game from the sideline and you're seeing what's going on in different parts of the pitch, whereas, like you said yourself, when you're playing before, you're, you're, you're in defence and you, you do your job when you're doing it, but now you've almost an appreciation of the entire team and, and, and what goes on across the field. 
Yeah, sure. You never know. I might be up in the forwards now next year, but uh, I don't know. Um, you're kind of getting a look at everyone. You're look. It's more causes more stress in a way for sure, in a way because you're looking. You want your forwards getting on ball. You want them linking up, and then you want your backs tight, and you're trying to pass on as much knowledge as you can to them. So it can be hard work that way, but very enjoyable, and I'm enjoying the challenge at the moment. And they're a great bunch of lads to work with, and you know they're very driven themselves and motivated. So my job is easy enough that way. You mentioned there, David, at the start of the season, the expectations weren't too high, but have you surpassed your own expectations so getting through to the Cornybury semi-finals? Yeah, definitely. Sure. At the start of the year, we met up in September. Um, it was kind of difficult to get, get out. We were only getting out once a week for September and October. And because the club season kind of ran into them and Island Rovers were involved in under-17 and Castlehaven were involved in under-17. So um, it was difficult enough to get everyone out. So we kind of designated one, we were out one day a week, Tuesdays every week until the Schellige game. And we went down to Kinmare. Expectations weren't high. We just told the lads, go out, give a performance. And I remember at the first water break, I couldn't believe it. We were after blitzing them, I thought, anyway, for the first 15 minutes. And we were up, I'd say, six or seven points. And I remember towards the end of the second half, their uh, manager just came down the line. And he said to me, you have a serious team here. I think they were after losing the O'Sullivan Cup final as well to Tralee previous to that. So... They, he thought that we were we had a good team, so I said, you know, we're going to have to walk up our ideas here and get out two, twice a week. And in fairness to the lads, we've been uh, training twice a week since then, and we've, in fairness, they've all come on board and we're doing well now. You mentioned that first win. That was a one nineteen to one seven win against Clashton and Skellige, who have a, a really proud history in in, in the Cornerbury as well. So that got you off to the. And yeah, on the front foot, like it was a brilliant, brilliant display and a brilliant result to kick it off with. And then it was clashed to Colin Bell and Colleague. You took our next and you beat them two ten to 12 points to book your place in the last eight. Was it very important that you backed up that Neskelliga win by beating Bell and Colleague? Yeah, um, I suppose we were just, quite, it was a big springboard for us. All right, the first game, you know, we had a lot of top performances from everyone around the field that day. And I suppose it was just to bring the lads back down to earth then after that and just say, We've nothing won. We're after our first win in the Carnivore in a good few years. So it's important to build on that now and make sure that we're still going after Christmas into knockout stages where you see the likes of Hammies there and Clannacilty the last few years. Um, at that stage, you know, we're kind of getting jealous here in Skibreen of that. So um, we wanted to make sure that we were in the mix as well uh, after Christmas. And after those two wins before Christmas, could you see even the confidence and the self-belief in the lads starting to grow and build? Definitely, yeah. Like I, I know just talking to the lads there at the start of the year, you know, they were on about previous results that uh, they lost down through the years to di- such teams, but it's all about forgetting that. Like, lads had to remember we have three Cork Miners uh, from last year. Robbie Minahan uh, was playing senior uh, club level, so you know, you can build around that then, and there's plenty of confidence in the lads, and they, you know, they're leading by example their trainings and stuff, and everyone is buying into it, and we've talked the out training now every day, and they're a driven bunch of lads and it's wonderful to see as well. Wonderful to see twice a week there after school that you can get 30 lads out enjoying their football uh, this time of year. I think what we, we saw in the recent quarterfinal win against Ratmore was the character of the Skibbery inside because that was a, a match that ebbed one way then the other. Then uh, super sub Jack O'Brien came off the bench to get a, a very important goal late on and you kicked on for victory. Like, What was the most pleasing aspect of that performance for you? Um, definitely uh, the way we finished the game I was very happy with that and the, our bench we were very happy with um, our bench as you said there Jack O'Brien super goal you know top corner great finish but uh, uh, equally Isaac Hart came on there at half time lifted the standard of performance big time uh, kicked over two beauties 
and Oshin Daly came on there towards the end and punched over an invaluable point as well. So obviously the strength of our bench anyway was a big uh, pleasing aspect of, of the performance. And obviously I thought uh, our fitness levels, I thought we were uh, fitter. Uh, we finished the game stronger and we were much more composed uh, than Rathmore in front of goal. We didn't have too many wides and we were uh, fairly economical in front of goal, which was another pleasing aspect. You mentioned the impact of the subs there and I think it was 1-2 you got off the bench. So as a manager, you might have a few difficult decisions to make for the team selection for, for this weekend. Yeah, definitely. There's more fellas after putting up their hand now, uh, big time. So that's what you want, though. You need a panel now, uh, nowadays. You need 20 fellas uh, that are going to get you over the line, especially in a Munster, or Munster semi-final now Saturday. So we'll need, we'll need them all. And it doesn't get much harder than Tralee CBS. They did, did a super win against Clannock Kidley Community College in their quarterfinal. And, and, and the green from Tralee, they're the... Was the reigning champions as they won this back in 2020. So, what you know about the about the green and what are you expecting off them this weekend? Yeah, we were just on the way up in the bus the last day. We, I was just uh, keeping track of all the scores, and um, I just seen that they ran away in the second half and that uh, they kicked on really in the second half. I think they won by about 10, 10 or eleven points in the end. So uh, that'll be no easy test. Um, no, I just I, I don't really know too much about them really. Um, I was just following. Um, their progress there in the O'Sullivan Cup and I saw that they won that this year and uh, they're obviously watching the Munster final there last weekend between uh, St. Finbar's and Aston Stacks. I think they had a midfielder come on there, Armin Heinrich uh, midfield and I think uh, Jordan Kassan there as well, previous Kerry Miner. I think uh, they're the two standout players that everyone seems to be saying to watch out for so we'll see. Even for the school now and for, for all the clubs that are involved, I was looking at the list of clubs there, obviously Castlehaven, Tyg McCorrig, Island Rovers, Clownagale, Clownakilty, Dunman Rossa, Kilmackaby, they all have, have players involved in this Gibberian Community School panel. Like it's it's just fantastic for everyone involved with that feel good factor to be involved in the semi finals of the Carnivore. Yeah, definitely. There's a great buzz around the school now the last few weeks. And in fairness, um, Principal Anton O'Mahony and uh, deputies uh, Dermot O'Donovan and Tom Foley have um, driven the football big time in the school this year. And, you know, um, it's inspiring for the younger lads in the school too. Um, they can see the older lads there. They all know their names. And the Jack O'Brien got the goal. That Jamie O'Driscoll, Noel Daly. They all look up to all those fellas in the school as well. And it creates a great bond uh, in the school. And obviously, like you mentioned there, the clubs, um, great backing there as well. Um, we've actually um, trained in Rossa Park there a good few times and played matches there and went out to Castlehaven and played matches too. So the clubs have been very accommodating that way. And... Uh, yeah, as you said there, it's a wonderful opportunity for the players as well because mostly uh, you're going to be playing against these fellas at adult club level down the line, so you don't really see yourselves playing with them uh, that often and it's a wonderful opportunity and um, I think you don't even realise it till afterwards when you're looking back at what a uh, great competition it is and you know the buzz that goes with it as well. You've actually preempted one of my final questions, Dave. Like, think back to your, to your own secondary school days, like colleges football, like it's just brilliant to be part of because... You're playing with fellas that, like you said, there you're going to go up against in opposition over the years. Like these are very special times for for these Gibbering Community School players. They probably don't realise it right now that what they're doing is going to be so special because they have these memories to take forward for, for forever. But when you look back at your own time playing colleges football, can you remember remember just how how much you treasure those memories? Yeah, definitely. And when I look look at the current recent semi final coming up as well, 2014 um, versus Della Salmacroom definitely springs to mind. And actually, it's funny, actually, uh, the first two lads to message me after the game the last day when we won were uh, Michael Hurley and Sean O'Donovan from Island Rovers there as well. And 
Sean said to me, hopefully you go one step further and now the next day and I text him back saying, hopefully we will. So that's the bond and it's, it stays with you forever. You remember those games, you remember playing with those lads. And uh, that's what I just try to emphasize to the boys inside and make sure that they can really just treasure it now and just take it, the opportunity with both hands now this weekend uh, against Tralee. It'll be a big challenge, but I reckon uh, we're ready for it. And there's great spirit in the group and we're ready. I think Sean O'Donovan has hit the nail in the head. Hopefully you can take it one step further this weekend. The very best of luck, Dave. Cheers. Thanks very much, Karen. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Okay, Kieran, just to, to wrap up this week's podcast, I suppose one thing we have to mention is the amount of Olympic athletes we've now had on the podcast because after all the rowers we've spoke to, Phil Healy, last week's guest, or was it the week before, two weeks to, to a recent guest, we'll say, a recent guest, Jack Gower, has been named in Ireland's team for the Winter Olympics. Skibreen is the headline because he's an alpine skier he's got strong connections to skibbereen and kieran this is great news for both jack and for the southern star because we'll be covering him throughout the beijing olympics and i've just heard from the higher ups we're sending you to cover it on the ground it works for me it works for me we get someone to cover the sport for the next couple of weeks you can fly me out to beijing and uh, starting on, on february 4th like you said great to check our He's in the Team Ireland, and then the team is six there. Um, Jack Gower's gone out there, um, alpine skiing. And it's just a great story because he has that connection to Skibbereen. He's, his grandmother was born in Dublin, he told us a couple of weeks ago, but she grew up in Skib. That was home for her. And then Cork was where she met her husband too. And then he was part of the British Navy. And then they moved to Chile. And that's where um, Jack's father, Richard, was born. And then Richard, Richard and, he, and his brothers and sisters spent so many summers in, in Skibbereen. So that, that link um, to Skib is strong. And like Jack says, he feeds it himself. There's a strong affiliation there. And his plan is to come to Skib in the summer. But we'll leave it another Olympic gold, silver, bronze. We have the full set. But Skib doesn't have a Winter Olympic medal, Jack. And I think that would sit quite... It's about time. It's about time Skibbereen got their hands on a Winter oh, Olympic medal. 100%, because who knows if, if, if it is, um, what the climate might have over the next couple of years. If the River Island freezes, like you have the perfect training ground there for kind of for, for, all, for all types of winter sport. But uh, in all seriousness, it's, it's great to see Jack there. And I think we'll have him on the podcast. We'll have to get him on again quite soon because um, it, it's an exciting time for him. And all aboard the Beijing bandwagon, Jack. Absolutely. We look forward to following his progress. Kieran, what else can readers look forward to in this week's Southern Star Sports section, which will, of course, be in shops on Thursday morning? Um, we obviously talked to David Welton earlier from the Skibbereen Community School Angle there and their currently very semi-final. But we mentioned too, Hamilton High School Bandon are in the other side of the draw. They're taking on St. Brendan's College Clarny again this Saturday in their currently very semi-final. So we've news from, from the Bandon camp ahead of a huge game for them. Uh, the 2020 Carberry Under-21A football final was played uh, l- last weekend and Donnie's beat Castlehaven by a point. And we have a full report from that. And this is just an interesting one, Jack, because this championship started before we even heard of COVID. This was back in early 2020. It was it was the time before COVID, which did exist. Um, 
I know Life BC. Been, Life BC, yeah. I know it's finished just after the COVID restrictions were were eased last weekend. So it's almost bookended um the the real heavy pandemic times for us here in West Cork. So um it was a late winner there that got Donnie's over the line. You also have Holly O'Sullivan's column on the on, on the on the Cork footballers. We've loads else in there as well. West Cork League reports, bowling reports, um basketball, motorsport, you name it, it's in there. And also just a flag in next week's Southern Star, which is out February 3rd, we have the next generation feature. And this is our look at the, as it says on the tin, the next generation of talented West Cork sports stars that are on the way up. So these are young West Cork sports people, 21 and under, who are making a name for themselves or who we think will make a name for themselves in their chosen sport over the next couple of years. We've run a feature like this before, um, but this is bigger, better, it's more comprehensive, it's a huge special and, it, and it's not to be missed because the likes of the Paul O'Donovan, the Fintan McCarthy's, the Phil Healy's, the Conor Horan's, the, the Brian Hurley's and all these, um, the Orla Cronin's, the Libby Coppinger's, the Martino Bryan's, they've been unbelievable ambassadors for West Cork sport and they still continue to be, but the good news is that the, the wave of talent, that next generation is impressively strong as well, so that's one to to put into your diary to get next week's Southern Star, just to keep an eye on the talented young guns that are on the way up. Yeah, and as Kieran mentioned, <laughs> that edition of the Southern Star will be out on February 3rd, February I want to say. 3rd. And there's obviously an edition before that, and that is in shops this Thursday. And if you can't make it to the shops, you can always subscribe online. Just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and you can read the Southern Star on your computer, tablet or smartphone for less than two euro per week. And if you subscribe before the close of business on January 27th this week, you'll get 10% off your subscription price and you'll also get a free Southern Star mug and a free Southern Star pen. So Southern Star swag available for anyone who subscribes before the close of business this Thursday. Terms and conditions, of course, apply but there aren't that many terms and conditions so nothing stopping you from logging on and subscribing and thanks these mugs are collector's items oh. Jack. i can't even get my hand to one of these mugs no Is you're it? not allowed one absolutely not unless you subscribe then i would I'll probably allow it I, I will if you subscribe and get a 12-month subscription paid for that is i will allow you to have a mug but other than that no they are very exclusive only special people get them especially those people who subscribe to the Southern Star online. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, and I know lots of you probably do, many of you probably don't, but if you do enjoy them, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, where we're now available, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sláin Tamil.